Tonight on the Big Footy Podcast, we talk all things Melbourne Footy Club related with Higgs Boson. We ask, is the bump dead? And Messenger sinks the boot into Adam Goods. All this and more coming up on the Big Footy Podcast. Welcome to the second of our Big Footy podcasts. Uh, with me tonight, uh, I have Messenger. Hello. Whose <laughs> 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 voice apparently hasn't broken this week. Um, I've got, I've got Chief. Hello. <laughs> I've got oh, I've got the old Dark Navies. Bonjour. I've got uh, joining us tonight special guest Higgs Boson. Hello, and uh, I am of course. This is just you making up a whole heap of voices, isn't it? <laughs> There's not even anyone else here. In, in, in what may be the worst intro ever to a podcast. I am again, the Wookie guys, and uh, we're going to get straight into it tonight. Um, what were your standout <laughs> moments from the weekend? Um, anyone? Let's. Well, All mine was, uh, I'm a little bit biased, but mine was the Andrew Walker goal in the first quarter of the uh, Carlton St Kilda game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. all, all downhill from there, unfortunately. <laughs> How about you, Messenger? Well, I actually enjoyed watching Magic Door. I actually enjoyed that. I didn't think he had it in him, and I was wrong. He, he, he's got a future. He, he, I think he's probably going to be a Ruckman long term, but he's got a future. Excellent. And... Uh... What about you, Chief? Any highlights from the weekend? Well, as I said, yeah, I'd agree with the uh, the Walker goal. Fantastic. And uh, Higgs Boson, you got anything that stood out from the weekend? I'm a Melbourne supporter, so no, I've got no highlights. <laughs> uh, in terms of lowlights, um, maybe I'll give you Colin Sylvia. Um, fair elbow, that was. Um, highlights don't look, I was pretty impressed with Dor. Um, he's a pretty ripped specimen, uh, and, um, looks like he's going to be pretty good. He does, doesn't he? Uh, I, I think mine was, uh, well, look, I've got to go with Sean Hampson kicking a goal in the last quarter and basically sticking it up everyone that was booing him all game. But, uh, oh. that's, that's me. <laughs> that's my yeah, personal. That's, that's terrible. That's really great. He's great, Sean Hampson. That is my personal bugbear for the week. And Seek every, professional help. And every week, I think. Better than that freaking Stobie pole with the hand on it that we use in the middle of the ground. Uh. Anyway, moving on. Um, I guess the first big topic of the week we're going to look at is uh, the Melbourne Football Club. I mean, it's fairly obvious. Um, they they have some issues there on and off the field. Uh, lo- some issues? Yeah, I look, I'm understating this for effect, but... Uh, 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 the Herald Sun are reporting uh, reported last week that uh, they're expecting a one to one and a half million dollar loss this year. Um, they've got some coaching issues. They've got some player issues. And what we wanted to do tonight is specifically get some Melbourne people on to talk about it, which is where Higgs Boson comes in. But uh, guys, how are you seeing the Melbourne Football Club at the moment? Uh, I actually watched the second half of that game against the Gold Coast and. It was staggering. It was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. I'm almost lost for words as to how bad they were. I, I couldn't believe, I couldn't fathom it. I could not fathom it. 
I'll give a little bit of credit to the Gold Coast. They've got their cohesive and they've got a plan, but they couldn't stick a tackle. They don't know where their teammates are running. And, yeah, I mean, they just they just seem to lack all cohesion out there, Melbourne. It's dreadful. Look, from a, a Melbourne perspective, um, it was incredibly disappointing. It was just a horrible performance. I mean, uh, the week previously um, against Carlton, we lost. Um, but at least there was a bit of effort shown there. I mean, the first quarter, um, and I got very angry, I'll give you the hot tip, um, we, th th just, there was just nothing Melbourne could do. And, I mean, look, bearing in mind, they didn't have a forward line. That was pretty clear. Uh, they'd get the ball, they'd kick it in long, there'd be no one there to get it. Um, but it was just a, a terrible performance. And, and I must say, the whole uh, attempted tackles stat, um, it's one that, uh, you know, you just got to wonder what that means. It, it's not a very good good performance indicator, is it? When it outstrips actual tackles about five to one. Well, when you you know when you when you, you, you your possessions are far behind that of the opposition, you'd think your tackles would be up there. And look, we had a lot of attempted tackles, but the fact that Gold Coast, a bunch of kids, were walking through those tackles, it really isn't a very good sign at all. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the way forward then? Like how how do they improve their position? Well, it's a good question. It's a difficult question. Look, I've always been a, a disgusting optimist uh, with this type of thing. I start every season. Dirty, up. dirty optimist. Well, just just disgusting. Um, I, I look. I I struggle to believe that we're as bad as the performances indicate. Clearly, we're we're shit. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I thought that uh, Mark Neal would, uh, in, in his second season, um, would would really show some results. I mean, you've had uh, he and Neil, he came to the club saying how unfit the players were, how clearly unfit they were, not up to AFL standard. Um, there was a season to get the fitness into them, um, leaving aside any AOD cream. Um, and they, they had a, a season to learn the game plan, so I thought... No doubt they're going to be better this year, and you know clearly um, the circumstances haven't um, haven't shown that. I, I was um, of the view that a lot of it was confidence. Um, confidence is a, a funny thing. Um, you only need to lose a little bit of confidence for the whole thing to go pear shaped really quickly. And I was hopeful uh, in that manner that I usually am that um, the twelve goal uh, last quarter um, uh, against the, the Giants would. Know, tend to reboot the thing, but well, clearly that hasn't happened. Um, and you know, you can only wonder what that means and what what Melbourne are going to do to get out of it. And I don't think you get many Melbourne supporters saying uh, uh, positive things about the club at this stage. Higgs, can I just ask you? It, it, it seems that ever since ever since the loss of Jimmy, and um, and on top of that, the, the tanking investigation and sort of that, that went on and on last year. Um, has it just, it's, it just seems to have, you know, Jimmy was the glue and it's all seemed to have come apart since since he went He went, and um, it, it just seems like everybody's giving up. Yeah, look, I, I, I refuse to believe that um, anyone in the club is giving up, but your comment about Jimmy being the glue, I think is quite a, you know, a, a good comment. Um, look, let's make no mistake. Uh, Melbourne, as a club, have experienced some of the worst um, external things of any club in recent times, in my view. There's been a whole host of things over 2012 and 
now starting 2013 that you know a, a club in, in five years you wouldn't have half as many things go wrong as have happened for Melbourne. Um, but I think that the measure of a club, or one important measure of a club, is how it can stand up to those sorts of things. And, and I think that clearly Melbourne have shown that they're, um, if nothing else, uh, very brittle. Um, so, look, it, it's a difficult one. I, I think that um, given Peter Jackson's comments recently, the exit of Schwab has got to be a good thing. I think if we can get the structures right uh, for the club, then that's got to help. Um, but... You know, you've got to shake your head. I, I don't know how anyone can really provide any answers. I think that uh, Mark Neal, he's had success at Collingwood, um, but he's coming to Melbourne, and albeit he's had a dreadful 2012 with external things happening, uh, what do you do? It's a really difficult question. I'll tell you, one of the things that won't be happening is Paul Ruse won't be going to uh, Melbourne anytime soon. He was adamant on uh, Tuesday night on On the Couch that he's not interested in the job. Look, the main reason I'd like Ruse at Melbourne is to get him off the bloody commentary. <laughs> he's, he's, he's slightly arrogant about it, isn't he? Well, you know, him and, you know, uh, and Lethal commenting Brisbane. You know, it's all very well if you go for the team, but if you're a team playing against them, and particularly if you're losing like Melbourne traditionally does, my God, it kills you. Higgs, do, one of the things that's been alluded to in, in by some commentators about Melbourne is that the, the Mark Neal's game plan is too complicated, that, that the players haven't actually got a, a grasp of what it is that, that they're meant to be executing. Do you, do you see... I, I, don't, I can't say I, I understand Melbourne's game plan, but do you see any credence in that? I can't say I understand Melbourne's game plan either. <clears throat> but come on, let's be serious. Um, we all know that, that uh, players aren't rocket surgeons, to coin a phrase, but, you know, come on. It's a it's modern day football. It's not a kick it you know kick it as long as you can down the middle. There are there are tactics involved, and if players can't learn that, I don't want to learn that. Well, you know, I, I wonder if that says a bit more about the players. Um, mm. Look, I say that without any real understanding of of what the game plan is or what it should be, because um, we just haven't been able to execute it. I, I do think that part of that is confidence, because. Once you lose the confidence, you're second-guessing yourself, you're not running at the right spots, you're playing for yourself, and it all goes to the crap house pretty quickly. Um, but to say, you know, the game plan's too complicated for the players to learn it, I don't buy that at all. Um, mm. I just don't buy that. You know, Collingwood um, had Neil as what, the midfield coach, I think. Gee, I didn't see anything wrong with the midfield uh, in Collingwood last uh, the year before last. Mm. Is, is it a personnel problem, Higgs? Like, is, do you have the right players for the job? And I only ask that because, I mean, at Carlton, we got a lot of uh, draft picks over the years and a lot of priority draft picks, the same as uh, Melbourne did. And, I mean, it took it's taken us a long time to get anywhere and we're still not like, we're, we're still not at the top echelon. So uh, is it a personnel problem for you? Is it is it the way it's been drafted and recruited? or? Look, that's, um, that's really a good point. Uh, people tend to have a view and uh, my brethren uh, at the club... Um, you know, have perhaps been, might I say, a little bit guilty of overhyping our young players. Um, but the truth is, you get a young player into the club, no matter how good they are, it's going to take them five years at least to start uh, becoming an influential player who's going to influence games and, and win your games. Uh, Melbourne have had a host of players coming through 
Um, and and I think that, um, and I, you know, I say again, I've been quite disappointed at how bad we are because I think we're now at the time where those players should start to becoming good, um, but they're not. Um, there's a whole host of factors in that. Um, uh, but that they haven't come good. Um, is it a personnel issue? Well, you know, I think it's well known that Melbourne have failed to um, develop their players uh, well. And again, that's something that I'm prepared to give Mark Neal time in respect of. Um, because he's been there for a year and a bit. Um, the players were incredibly unfit when he came to the club. Uh, it's no wonder, in my mind, that they've had trouble developing the players in the atmosphere that existed previously. Um, so I think that there is scope for players to continue to develop um, under Mark Neal. Uh, don't um, uh, understand me to, 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 to mean that Mark Neal will definitely be there after this year because I don't think he will. Um, but I think that, you know, it's only been recently that that environment has been put in place to allow them to develop. Um, so let's see what happens. I, I don't know what the answer is. So yeah. do, you, do you see hope on the horizon? Like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel for you? <clears throat> Uh, no, no. The light at the end of the tunnel is the train coming down the direction. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better? Or... Look, uh, I, I, it's hard to see how we could go any further down, but I've no doubt that out of any teams in there, Melbourne have got the capacity to, um, to, to you know, to, to bring that up. Um, I, I think that there's no quick fixes. Um, I, I've uh, come to uh, accept um, that we're, we're a lot crap than I thought we were, that we're going to be crap for uh, a long time. I, I just don't think there are any quick fixes. Um, and, you know, adding to that, I think that um, I, I doubt that Frawley will be there next year. Um, I've heard some whispers about that, and he doesn't look like he wants to be there. He doesn't. Sylvia, um, free agent. I'm not sure if he's unrestricted or restricted, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was gone. And, again, that's... Um, that's experience in the club that, that is not there. Granted, we'll have some salary cap room to, to pay for people should they want to come to the club, but uh, I'm sorry I can't bring better tidings in my view for Melbourne supporters. Um, I, there's no quick fix out there. I've got to say, watching the Carlton game against Melbourne last week, uh, I was impressed with guys like Garland and and Frawley. Was Garland, Garland was outstanding, I thought. If I could take any player out of the Melbourne side, I'd, I'd have grabbed Garland in a heartbeat. But, uh, yeah, very few other major performers. It's a dearth of, it's a dearth of leadership, really, If you um, and, and I mean experienced leadership. So, um, yeah, they, right. they, you, you sort of, when you lose your McDonald's and, you know, obviously they've moved on, whether, you know, Green retired too early or um, getting getting rid of, uh, well, Maloney went to Brisbane and stuff like that. So if you start to lose those leaders for whatever reason, whether they were part of why you weren't progressing, whether they just wanted out, I'm not sure. But very hard for those young blokes to come on with that, those experienced blokes at the club. Um so I'm, I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's the leadership or whether you've got a case of the the tail wagging the dog a little bit and you know the players possibly cost Bailey his job and possibly if you believe some rumours are looking to cost Neil his job so um, it's just a matter of somebody having to say well enough's enough you guys aren't performing so you don't get to choose your coach so yeah look there's no doubt there's a lack of bench um, there's no doubt at all. And it's a big ask to, you know, to have a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old or whatever it is to lead the club. I mean, these players, um, as good as uh, Grimes is and as good as I think Trengove can be, uh, they're no Wayne Carey. 
Um, having said that, of course, you know, I think it's it's a, a furphy that often comes up um, on big footy that uh, Melbourne have, you know, got rid of, uh, you know, these experienced players. Well, we have, but a lot of those players I don't think would have added much. Um, Bruce, um, Gordon Hawthorne, he did stuff all there. McDonald, he, he went to um, to, to uh, the Gold Coast, um, you know, will be a good coach, but he was never going to give much more. Of course, that, I think, was the main mistake out of all of them that we made. Um <clears throat> Maloney, well, he chose to leave. I've heard that, you know, he, he, he as was said, I think, um, on, on SEN by Rivers, that uh, they were very disenchanted that, you know, they were dumped from the leadership group. And, well, there's probably something in that. And I think that was probably a mistake. Uh, a lot of the players that were experienced that have left, I don't think would have added much. But um, having said that, without that um, experience and that leadership, um, it, it leads to a a very brittle club, and I think we're seeing that with Melbourne. Well, I think one one name that hasn't come up in that discussion there was Brock McLean. Um, as, a, as Carlton people that ODN and I are, I mean, we're, we're quite familiar with Brock McLean pretty much playing out of his skin for the last year. Um, He's been good. I, I, I'd imagine Melbourne would uh, have been able to find a spot in the 22 for him over the last couple of months. Yeah, look, there's not much doubt about that. Um, uh, you know, Brock, um, I'll be honest and say that when he was with the club, he was one of my uh, favourite players. Um, I've got a photo of him with my um, uh, family um, in the Demon uh, mascot outfit at the Junction Oval of the family day one day, and, you know, I had a lot of time for Brock. Um, I did wonder whether the game had passed him by, but I think he's proven that wrong, and, and he, you know, he would provide that grit, that leadership. I don't know the circumstances behind Brock leaving, um, I do recall being happy with uh, us getting pick 11 and getting Gisbert's, but again, that's the disgusting optist, optimist in me coming out. That went well, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Higgs, um, there's a couple of uh, younger guys that had had some years put into them, Benell and, and Morton and, and Petted, and, and they've, they've all been moved on and are either on rookie lists or, or playing yeah. some football. And, and in their place, you had older guys like Shannon Byrne and and uh, and Chris Dawes and and do you, do you have a view on that? Do you see that as a regress, a regression, or is that just a trying to rebalance the, the list? Uh, I think that um, the theory behind it was sound, but the execution uh, probably hasn't been great. Now, uh, Bernal, look, he never really showed much. I did not have a great deal of time for him, although you know there was a few things he did. Morton. Should have been a star, but he's a complete spud. Uh, lacks any sort of heart whatsoever. I was really disappointed in the D's getting rid of Petard um, in particular. Uh, Martin as well, because I think that... Um, I, I don't know why that was, but certainly who we've had to come in to replace them, uh, you know, you'd, you'd expect, you'd hope the replacements are going to be better than those they've replaced, um, but the replacements are worse. They're, they're, they're far worse. Um, Dawes, I'm very happy with that choice. I know a lot of people are critical of it, but I think in terms of structure, um, he'll be good, particularly when Mitch Clark comes back. I think that at the very worst, he'll take, you know, a very good backman and will provide, um, you know, as I say, a a much better structure um, for the forward line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Burns, well, you know, I I quite like Burns. I think he'll be a good player, but I think he's probably well past his peak. Um, he's, he's played well in one or two games this year, but gone completely missing in others. So, uh, good clubman. Um, 
you know, can provide some leadership off the field, same with Roden, but really, you know, let's be honest, um, they're, they're not going to, you know, and Mark Neal knew they weren't going to take the next flag, that's obvious, but I don't think they're even going to do what he hoped they would do. So um, I think that um, the idea behind uh, the trades um, is probably a good one, but the way it's been carried out um, is proving at this stage to be um, to be unfortunate. Okay. Mm. Uh, before we move on, if you could say one thing to Melbourne people to give them just a little bit of hope for the year, what would it be? Gee, that's a difficult one. Uh, no, look, I, I do think, I, I'm convinced that um, we do have uh, some good young talent on the list and it takes time uh, for that talent to come together and to gel, but I think that we have a lot of players of a similar age um, quite young players, but who are slowly starting to get those games together. I think that um, eventually, well, I hope that eventually um, that will click. Those players will have the experience they need to, to come together in a cohesive unit. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, look, it's difficult for me to be optimistic as with any Melbourne supporter after the year we've had this year. Um, but I do think that um, once those players get it together, we continue um, to um, uh, develop the players together. I think there is some um, uh, some light at the end of the tunnel to coin a, coin a phrase. I, I must say, though, that I'll put a caveat on that. I just hope that um, uh, we're not so bad this year that um, the carcasses picked over at the end of the year, players like Frawley, Sylvia, etc., um, that could set us back. Well, let's hope that yeah. doesn't happen. You know, we've got to move along, and I understand that was a, uh, a, a somewhat, somewhat difficult topic for you there, Higgs Boson, but thank you very much for your input on that. Yes, very welcome. Um, we're going to move on now. We're going to discuss the bump. Um, is it dead? Is it not dead? Is KB right in telling us that uh, we should forget the hysterics? Um, is Joel Selwood right? And I hate to say anything good about a Selwood, but, you know... He's saying the bump is dead on Twitter. What do we think, lads? I, well, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's dead's probably over emotive. You can still bump, but it, it's not worth the risk. It's pretty terminal. It is it, exactly. It, it, it it's not worth the risk because you can't you can't foresee. You know, uh, I noticed Goddard on the weekend with a Kelly bump. He had his knees slightly, slightly bent. Um, Kelly, I mean, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, just tiptoes on the ground, one leg at least, you know. But he's, uh, he's, he's copped extra because he's, um, he's left the ground. Um, the other, sorry, the other thing to say about Kelly, he ran past the ball to do that. Yeah, he ran, right, he ran right past the ball. I, I, I am surprised that people are surprised he got rubbed out. I, I really. He, he clearly made contact with the head. He ran past the ball and he got off the ground. I think consistently that sort of behaviour has been has resulted in a suspension. Well, I mean, we're looking at, uh, as Carlton people, we're looking at Eddie Betts getting three weeks uh, down from five if he took the guilty plea, which he did, um, for an incident which uh, we're now comparing to Sherrod Wellingham's hit on... Uh, on Kate Simpson. Thank you, Kate Simpson. Last year, um, where he got the, a very, a very similar penalty, and it seems to be the uh, tribunal is basing it on uh, intent. Well, not intent, but impact. Well, and I think probably the thing that mitigates for Kelly is that it didn't look like he got 
Goddard all that hard. Well, Goddard says on Twitter that uh, his uh, recollection of the incident, that there was no high contact, uh, it wasn't forceful enough to remember at the time. So, I mean, and, that, uh, that's how impressive it was. That's old tribunal code, isn't it? Well, no, I didn't see anything, didn't feel a thing. Yeah, well, he says, yeah. he goes on to say, that's not lying, by the way. I didn't study the footage because I didn't want to question my thinking about the incident at the time. So, he honestly appears to believe that uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, there's a lot of people that have had input into it. Cameron Mooney's asked how Lindsay Thomas got off, but Kelly got two. Um, Dermot Brereton's had his say. I mean, everyone, and only KB appears to believe that it's hysterical, a hysterical response, so... You know. I do think well, it's crisis of the week. I do think it's a bit of crisis of the week. I, th I think they've been umpiring like that for months or for years. Yeah, look, it used to be incredibly frustrating watching Carlton play on a Friday night and having a different rule interpretation from the week before. It was like they were experimenting on us. It used to annoy the crap out of me. Enjoy, two, enjoy your work two, two weeks off, James. Yeah, so he's uh, going to have a bit of a holiday. Eddie's going to get three weeks off to... Uh, I don't know, we were saying, well, ODM was saying earlier on the Carlton cast that uh, it was kind of ironic that um, Eddie comes back from having three weeks off with a broken jaw to uh, getting three weeks off for dealing a broken jaw, so. Well, who who you got the next three weeks that you miss out, he misses out on? Well, he misses out on what's a pretty crucial game against Port this weekend um, at Etihad, and uh, then GWS is possibly not such a big deal. Possibly. And then... Uh, well, you never know these days. I mean, the way we're playing, and then yeah. uh, the week the week after we have some other team, Brisbane, I think. Brisbane, thank you. Yeah, Brisbane at the Gabba. So, um, they're not necessarily massive games, but I mean, the way we're playing, I wouldn't write uh, anybody off. They should wins, aren't they? Yes. Thanks. Anyway, we'll keep we'll keep it moving along, lads. And uh, well, Messenger asked to put this on the agenda. So, uh, <laughs> I, did, I did no such thing. Hey, 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 hey. I recall... You got the tape, right? I, right? I distinctly <laughs> recall you asking for this. And I said, I said, if we must. Well, I think we do. I think we do now. So, Adam Goods, is he is, is he a cowardly sniper? As Messenger put it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, now... Now, now you're just flat out lying. That's how I recall the conversation going. I've only, I've only just stopped looking sideways watching for Adelaide supporters. Now you're going to have bloody Sydney supporters under me. <laughs> well, you know, the 200-odd people that listened to the uh, podcast last week, um, none of them had anything bad to say about your comments about Adelaide, so I assume uh, you know, that could be something to do with the internet speed or something over here not being that good. But, um, yeah, Adam Goods... <laughs> Brereton made some comments uh, earlier in the week, and uh, so what do we think about uh, what do we think about that? Overblown. Yeah. A little bit. Three hundred was it? Three hundred and twenty-six games, and he said he's known for a few of these incidents. It's pretty much just like Dustin Fletcher and his tripping. You know, you break it out once in a blue moon, and becomes what he's all about. I think Brereton's concern was that he was aiming for the feet more than the ball half the time. Well. Uh, I, I think you should deal in the things that actually actually happen rather than those that haven't. But I, I find it jarring to see an AFL footballer go into a contest feet first. You, you don't see it very often, and 
it's clearly a very dangerous practice. Now, well, is it worth charging you? I mean, if, the worst thing he's done is he's tripped Gibson in this instance. Um, but um, is that still a reportable offence? Tripping? Well, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's tripped him. I mean, didn't, Gibson didn't even get a free kick. There's a whole stack of rules that are meant to be against that whole going in feet, well, going in at the feet and stuff like that now, so... Look, he didn't go in... He, they didn't hit each other directly, say, well, maybe that's a la um, Goods and Surgeon or... Um, uh, what was the one with uh, Lindsay Thomas and uh, the young Sydney kid, Gary Rowan? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't quite that severe, but feet, I mean... What's I don't understand the mentality of going in feet first for the for a contest like that. Well, I think that's what they're saying. They're saying it's uh, he's doing it self-preservation mode. So he's trying to play the ball, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put himself on the line. So he's he's going in uh, whatever way he can that will protect himself more. So that's where the all the whole issue, Britain's issues come up. So I wonder though, you um, you go in head first and you get a free kick against you these days. I, I suppose why wouldn't you go in feet first if you're going to do it at all? I mean, the <laughs> idea is to protect the legs, isn't it? You're trying to protect. So it really, it should be body contact against the legs. I thought that's how the umpires have been calling oh, it. Look, I think I think too, these, these days with the sliding rule and with the, you know, you can't you can't lead with the feet and you, you can't you can't do any of this stuff. So I think what happens is. Um, Whoever, whoever gets to the ball first, they stop, have a conversation, who got there first, a written invitation goes out for one person to pick it up and they play on from there. But that, that, that's pretty much where we're heading, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a fair bit of evolution to go. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you just can't, you, you can't uh, you know, cop it when a player who's generally going for the footy gets the footy uh, and happens to slide in or a player comes in after that and there's a tap on the legs and it's a free kick. I mean, what's to go with that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would argue Goods had another option open available to him, and that was to stay on his feet and keep running. And that, um, well, I, I don't, I I don't see seen his options were either to go in feet first or, go, or to go in head first. He had the option to keep running. Now, whether Gibson would have inevitably beaten him or not, or whether Dio would have shepherded him off, I, I don't know, but he still had the option to stay standing. Yeah, you know, Gibson was going to get to that ball first, so he was trying to get a sneaky little one out, uh, in front of him to get it, get the ball out of his, out of his path. Uh, I think it was this one. It's one of those typical. Uh, it's it's not a new part of Goods's game, though. I mean, he has been doing this on and off over, over a fair while. And, mm. and that's the only part of, of what Brereton said that sticks is that he's got he's got form in in, in this yeah. regard, and and uh, he he did injure. I think some of the Port supporters were pointing out that he did injure Jacob Surgeon. Um, perhaps not to the degree that Gary Rowan was injured, but he did. Surgeon career wasn't the same afterwards. But um, yeah, I'm not sure that Coward is quite a charge that sticks. So, so we're, uh, we're we're ruling this as uh, hyperbole. Oh look, I've, you know, again, I think last week I wanted Carlton to lose the tag of the most unethical club to Essendon. So I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick up for Bryce Gibbs. So if we can make something stick on goods instead, we'll we'll go that way, huh? And let's be honest, hyperbole is the best thing ever in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, looking over the weekend, um, I see uh, Hawthorne have got GWS. There, there'll be a close one for you, Messenger. Uh, well, I think the, the, the conjecture now on the Hawthorne board is, is how many players get rested or do you do you <laughs> play that card of, of putting people in cotton wool? Hawthorne, ha, ha, having played the 2012 finalists seven games in a row, 
now have uh, GWS, Gold Coast and Melbourne end on end for three weeks before the bye. And so I guess there's a feeling that there's an opportunity to perhaps give some young guys a rest, bring some others through that perhaps need a game. But uh, there's the uh, Don't Flirt With Form school of thought, of which I must admit I'm one. And there's the uh, uh, Wrap Them Up, It Doesn't Matter, We'll we'll Get It Done Anyway um, school of thought. So um, that's really where, where the thing is with the Hawthorne board now. But... Um, yeah, it's in it's in Tassie too. So the the Launcestonians get a, another fine quality football match thrown thrown before them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, Higgs for you, mate. Uh, Richmond this weekend at the MCG. Uh, ten goals, twenty goals. How much would we go down by? Um, no, look, uh, look. I must say, typically, what happens in a season with a team even as bad as Melbourne is that you get these unexpected victories. And I think the Tigers are the sort of team that could let one, you know, could could let one slip. So I, I seem to have a little sneaky feeling about it. But uh, having said that, we'll probably go down by 20 goals. And uh, ODN, uh, Port Port Adelaide at Etihad. Yeah, uh, yeah, Port Adelaide to Etihad. We've, we've we've discussed that in our previous podcast. So I'd, I'd like to switch to uh, my what I'm looking forward to the most is the Collingwood versus Geelong game. Yep. Um. Just notably, Geelong of oh, I think they're eight five over Collingwood since two thousand and seven, but seven out of seven in those odd flag years. So uh, when they're when they're on a roll and they look like they're heading towards potentially one of those odd flag years, um, they're seven out of seven against Collingwood. So Collingwood usually do fairly well, but um, the omens are good for Geelong, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. I think uh, Swans and Frio looks pretty good on. Uh... Saturday night as well at SCG, fifth versus sixth. Could be the match of the round. Could be. I, I still think there aren't too many teams that Sydney are going to lower their colours to. I mean, I, I watched them up close last night, but they're a very well-drilled unit. They're very experienced, and I think they're going to beat Fremantle. I don't think Fremantle travel very well still. You might say they're well-suited to professional football. Uh, yes, they are very well suited to professional football. <laughs> I, I would say there is a sneaky game, the game there that has a lot of significance, I think it's going to slip under the radar, but um, Gold Coast hosts the Western Bulldogs this week. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'll be going for that game. Chance to go 4-4. Chance to go 4-4. And, uh, and more significantly, the Western Bulldogs, if they go down, will be 1-7. Uh, well, you can. I mean, no one could expect Gold Coast to stay down forever. They had to start coming up at some point, and you can only beat the teams you play against. They were never going to beat the top teams this year, but they are beating the teams they're expected to at the moment. Yeah. Well, I still think they've got a better victory in them than they've already produced. So I, I don't mind them there. They've, I don't mind them at all. I don't know that long term they're going to be a better team than GWS since they three or four seasons, but um, they they've got the potential to knock off. A reasonably good football team at some stage this year. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks very much for your uh, participation this evening. Uh, Higgs, especially for your contribution in the discussion about Melbourne. Very welcome. Uh, I feel like sending you flowers, Higgs. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Look, it, anything to lift my spirits, please. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the most. Uh, it, it wasn't the most uh, uplifting of segments, but uh, I think we got an insight into the Melbourne mind, which we wouldn't have otherwise got. Um, Messenger, as always, thank you very much for your contribution this evening. Oh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, you might want to watch out for uh, Sydney people uh, yes. over, over the next week. 
Uh, if anybody, if Sydney fans are looking for me, I live in Brisbane. I have reddish hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And uh, ODN, as always, a pleasure to have you on again. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, Chief has already left the building earlier in the cast. I've been the Wookie. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. We hope you have a good weekend. Good luck to everyone, whatever team you support, and may the best Carlton side win.